Fox Cats. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 50, Too Many Candles, Not Enough Breath. My name is Josh Canal, sitting right across from me this week, Ross McQueen. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, how are you? Oh, I'm pretty good, thank you. Uh, we're missing someone. We were missing someone <laughs> when we did the other intro, but he's back now. Oh, okay, well then, how, how about if I go to my left... Mr. Brett Cropley. <laughs> this is just so R-O-N-G wrong. <laughs> Good evening, viewers. Hasco, I'm panelling for the uh, f- for the first time ever. Are you, are you intending to... I, I have all your notes here. I'm not sure what you're going to talk about. I know. I'm a little bit worried about that. And I've got two running orders in front of me. <laughs> so it's, it's all a little bit weird. Brett when- was out of the studio. I said, that's it. We're starting. I don't care. If you're watching the video podcast, you'll notice that the others are sitting in different seats. But you can actually I see remain. my face now. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> you can see your face always with the rotating camera. Yeah. And, uh, well, there is no video podcast. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah, What's coming up on the show? Vlog. A, you know what? I've, there's two of everything. <laughs> two of everything on this week's show. Uh, we've, uh, we've got some news, of course. We've got the ratings We've uh, got a little bit of a talk about the Emmys, which happened last Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Going to talk about things you may have missed because you weren't paying attention to television when it was on, or maybe you had bad reception. Bad box cutter. Maybe you were just uh, away from uh, your house for a number of weeks and didn't get a chance to watch it. Or maybe you saw it. <sighs> or maybe... See, then it's just things you may have seen. Yeah, but you may have missed it for all of those reasons that you mentioned before. Here's a thing. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? <laughs> We've got a brand new segment. Yes. Oh, this sounds exciting. Deirdre Says. Ah. Deirdre Says. I wonder De- what that will entail. I, I wonder what that will entail. <laughs> have you been speaking to Deirdre at all, Brett? Not this week. No, neither have I. No. <laughs> well, I've got nothing for Deirdre Says then. I've done no Damn. prep for that segment at all. It's all right. I'm sure she's written <laughs> She's written a segment. <laughs> It's about time as well that we had some letters to box cutters. Yes, yes, been a few weeks. Uh, so we're going to do that, finish it off with some pork time, but to kick things off, as always... Wait, wait, wait. Now, are you two going to quickly swap seats when the news theme's on? I hope you've got the long one on. That's my plan. <laughs> All right, okay. So <laughs> maybe leave the mics on so people can I'm, hear the rushing around. I'm just going to set fire to the notes here. <laughs> do you want me to leave the mics on? <laughs> Yeah. No, I'll, no, yes, I'll, no, leave the mics on. Really? Yep. Okay. Whatever you think is professional, Josh. <laughs> well, it's professional to turn the mics off. To kick things off, here's the box cutters news. Go, 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 go! Oh, you know what? See? I was always going to stuff something up. I was always going to stuff something up. channel on. Yeah, thank you. I've got that now. Take two. And to kick things off, here's the box cutters news. Seamless. That feels so much better now. <laughs> These headphones have a strange warmth about them. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure I'm happy about it. <laughs> oh, sorry, I've, uh, I, d- I never mentioned this, but I've got HES. Hot ear syndrome. That's right. 
Oh. That's right. Oh. That's terrible for radio if you're sharing <laughs> headphones. <laughs> I know, but, you know, I try not to. That's why I try to always sit in my seat. But it's also important to uh, be here for when the show starts. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if the two of you sound any different. Mm. If, if people listening are thinking, oh, they do sound different in those different seats, or if people listening are just thinking, what the hell are these people talking about? <laughs> well, I just checked the setting, and it seems that Josh put uh, the microphone all the way to the bass direction. So uh, I, th- I think he was trying to make himself sound a little bit more mellifluous <laughs> than he naturally is. Did, did I really put the microphone all the way to the bass section? Well, it was at the position of all the way in the bass. Right, right. I... I guarantee you I never touched that. Right so, now. So you were sounding like this rather than the potential of sounding like this. Oh. Is that tinniness? I've Tin- never, I've never even known that you could do Tin- that with no, microphones. No, no, no. We learned uh, something every day. Hey, there's news. Oh, yeah, but I was just going to say right about now there's three people out there in cyberspace going, I wasted my bandwidth on this. <laughs> three speaking, people, that's our listenership. Speaking of swapping, <laughs> see, that whole thing was just a segue into this ah. first news item. Police are going to be swapping remote beats for a TV series called Extreme Beats. This what, what toilet blocks where they pick up each other? No. <laughs> so this isn't some far out dance documentary. No, it's about police police beats. So walking the beat. Are the special police toilet? Blocks. Not special police <laughs> toilet blocks. An Indigenous police officer from Kimberley or the Kimberley region in Western Australia. And a Canadian Mountie are going to swap their normal beats in an unusual exchange to be screened on television as part of a Canadian TV production. And it's part of a, a Canadian television production and uh, it's going to involve so one Indigenous Australian television, one Canadian Indian uh, Mountie. Right. So I think it's, uh, it could be interesting or could be shit boring. Yeah. I... I agree. Yeah. It could be one of those two. I, but it's not going to be in, in the middle. It's not going to be, eh, it was kind of okay. Yeah. It's either going to be terribly boring or extremely interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm voting on the latter. <laughs> hey, uh, Channel 9 could be back in the hunt for football rights. Apparently, the uh, a decision could be reached where all three commercial networks could be showing the football next year. Some say that. Some Hang on, what, what happened to last week when we had... SBS. SBS Friday and... Nights. Yeah. Well, I think what, they were what just I think happened, about Friday nights. They were talking about Friday nights in uh, Queensland and New South Wales. And then I think what happened was that... Uh, <laughs> Brett, uh, Josh is just trying to deepen his microphone. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't work out how to do it. <laughs> uh, I think what happened was Channel 9 said, wait a sec, SBS want these games and they'll screen them for free we'll actually give you some money for it ah i think common sense will prevail and i think in the end the games will end up on foxtel There's fox sports lot- three in particular is yeah what I- yeah well it's not going to happen on fox footy channel no that's true no. There's, there's a lot of fuss about it at the moment but i think foxtel needs the football channel seven and ten need to on sell several of the games I think logic dictates that sooner or later they will come up with an agreement. And what a killer result that would be for Kerry. He screwed 7 and 10 and still got to have the footy. He would be pissing himself. Oh, yeah. I just wasn't sure if you were aware that uh, Kerry isn't actually around. (laughs) But if anyone can see things, 
from the afterlife. It'll, it'll be caring. Speaking of something. What? That's my segue into your, into into your, your news. Ah, in, in crazy, zany, hilarious news, Ashton Kutcher has teamed up with the US network NBC to create a hidden camry, camera reality TV series inspired by the 2005 comedy Wedding Crashes. I, I wish he had a, a hidden camry. TV show where every week there was a Toyota in a different location. <laughs> the real wedding crashes uh, will follow a troop of actors as they interrupt wedding receptions and play good natured pranks on guests. Oh. Oh, I'm laughing already. Uh, Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson will not appear in the TV series. Oh. Wow, that only makes it better. Yeah, so much better. <laughs> uh, while, while we're on crazy world news, yes, one of the four boats that was used on Gilligan's Island as the minnow. There were four boats. There were four boats. Well, how the hell couldn't they have got saved then? Because this is, a, for the television show, they used four different boats. Ah, not, not the castaways. They didn't the, have four boats. No, no. They had the one boat. Right. That got washed ashore uh, on, on this deserted desert isle with Gilligan. The Skipper 2, the millionaire and his wife, Ah. the movie star, and the rest. The Professor and Marianne. (laughs) Can't just say the rest. Uh, You've never seen the first series of Gilligan's Island, my friend. Those are the words of a man who has never seen the first series of Gilligan's Island. Yeah, okay. Because the original song was, and the rest. And then they decided, oh, well, you know, there's only two of them. The first, uh, the first season, was that the one to where the Harlem Globetrotters show up? <laughs> no, that was well after. That was well after. Well, oh. well, well after. Anyway, this is the third of the four boats used in the sitcom, according to a fan website. Uh, it was used for the opening credits of the second season when they started shooting them in colour. Okay, yep. yep. And uh, it is uh, apparently going to be sold for around 117 Thousand Australian dollars. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's it. Is that on eBay somewhere? Can we no, go and buy no, it ourselves? I don't think so. <clears throat> Are you I'm, sure? I'm sure. Can I have a bit how, more how, cans, please? How, how, how do you buy them? How do you, how, how do you get that? How oh, you- there's, a, there's an agent who is, uh, is selling it, and he can. Um, I'm sure he can hook you up. Okay, cool. I'm sure. Uh, the agent's name is, uh, uh, is George Schultz. Who also drew uh, Snoopy cartoons? Mm. <laughs> that was Charles, wasn't it? Oh, hey, uh, good news for uh, Sopranos fans in at Australia. Long at long last, Channel Nine has announced that it will be re or will be screening season six from September thirty. Fantastic! Yes, yeah, so actually, that's... season six. They're That's... not going to screen season five and then go into season six <laughs> like they have in the past. No, they uh, they're apparently going to screen season six. So yeah, that's good news. Hey, while we're do, talking, do you have about... a time slot? No. Okay. While we're talking about while we're talking about uh, programming mm-hmm. and just to make some extra time for our show out of nowhere, uh, there's a couple of other changes. Uh, the Adventures of Old Christine and Curb Your Enthusiasm have been taken off by Channel Nine. Really? Yep. Yeah, apparently, Curb Your Enthusiasm just wasn't building enough audience leading into uh, <laughs> Midnight on a Monkey. Night. <laughs> they don't have Midnight Monkey on a Sunday. Uh, so, I don't know. what that, uh, Rugby? Rugby, maybe, at 12 o'clock on a Sunday? The, the game that would go live into, uh, like, New South Wales and Queensland. I think they repeat that at midnight. 
Yeah, but this is uh, this we're coming into final season now. Why wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, we're coming into finals, so they've got rid of Curb and they're putting it on at eleven thirty. I think yeah. just enough people aren't watching it. And what about uh, the new adventures of Old Christine? Gone. Yeah, but uh, double two and a half men. That's five men <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it? Five men. I figured it out because that's the tent pole show. The half a man is the tent pole. Right. (laughs) That's how it works. I was thinking if it's it's the tent pole show and then you've got two of them, you could actually make a whole tent. Oh, yeah, yeah. Get some pigs, (laughs) make a whole tent. Like a a hoochie type tent. (laughs) (laughs) It's... Oh, sorry, I just had a joke about Mama and Hoochie Mama. And go on. Hey, uh, uh, Channel Ten will be commencing the new American series Jericho, which we've spoken about before. Oh, yeah. uh, which, on Thursday, the twenty-first of September at nine thirty p.m. Fantastic. This uh, actually means that Jericho will be played here a few hours after it goes to air in the states. Awesome. Which is the first time any network has ever attempted this in Australia. Part Excellent. of the Fox distribution day and date deal, which I am so excited about. Yes. Uh, speaking of programming news, some rather sad programming news: the Daily the Daily Show with John Stewart Global Edition is gone. What? It's not on next week. They're but showing. It's not tonight. It's on tonight. Hang on, are while you we're sure, recording this, are you sure it's not just on next week? Because uh, this whole week of Daily Show has been repeats, right? And the maybe global edition like being a best of the week. Maybe they're just not doing one for this week. Well, maybe SBS Possibly. should take the opportunity and actually catch up that week that they yeah. run it slow. <laughs> that would be good. But Brett, you've got the green guide handy. I think yep. it's uh, the VH1. It says it's a new series on in its place. It's Right. The VH1 something or other. Something I've heard of, but I have no idea what it is. Is that something about cars? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. Well, uh, while Brett's looking that up, uh, I will say that Foxtel is... Sorry, yeah, have you got it now? VH1 uh, Illustrated, new US comedy series. Rated M. Adult this, this, language sex references. This, this is very sad if the Daily Show has gone already. It, I've been loving it. Laugh out loud funny and... It, to, to have gone that quickly. It really is the best show on television. Oof. Oof. I, I think at the moment, <coughs> at the moment, The Daily Show with Jon Stewart is the best show on television. Now, hold on a second. Of what they're showing on Australian TV. Have you seen Quiz Monkey? Yes. Because so, I, I saw Quiz Monkey the other night. In the bikini? They, no, no, no. Quiz Monkey is on nine, so it's got the guy from... Who used to be Big Brother, who's not Hot Dogs. Who has the horrible teeth. But he, he wasn't in the bikini, thankfully. And they were guessing, I think, vegetables that might be in a salad or something similar. And then I went off, and did, went off and did something for an hour. And I came back and they were still up to the yeah. same point. They only have the one quiz on Quiz Monkey <laughs> for the, the three hours. And I'm thinking, this is, this is why it goes for three hours. Mm. And, yes. it was, and it was all kinds of, oh, now it's fast money, now it's double money, now it's quadruple do a flip money. We've got another countdown timer. Yeah. <laughs> I still say Daily Show, probably the best show on television at the moment. Wow. It's, it, is, it is that good. Do you think it would be in for a run for its money if perhaps on Australian TV we had the Colbert Report? Mm. I don't know. I, I haven't seen any of the Colbert Report. So I, I can't comment. Well, TV's top words have been revealed. Truthiness and wickiality, <laughs> two words coined by the Colbert Report, uh, have been deemed American TV's top buzzwords of the year. Truthiness, as used by Colbert, is defined as truth 
unencumbered by facts <laughs> and wikiality, wikiality uh, which is a nod to Wikipedia, means reality as determined by majority vote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, you know, clearly it's going to be good, but as we'll talk about later on, not as good as Barry Manilow. <laughs> Foxtel is uh, is going to be Telstra's IPTV choice. There's been a lot of talk about now. This. What is IPTV? IPTV is basically television that is sent out through internet protocol. Okay, so you're going to need at least a, a basic level of six megabits per second to get good quality television through your through your wires. And will I get that through my dial up? Uh, no, <laughs> no, but you will, you will get that just through your uh, telephone wire. Ah, so you you will still be able to get that through your telephone wire. But so I can just jab that into the back of the TV. Just jab and that I'm into. Set. The, or if you do do the wiring yourself because it's cheaper. Yeah, and if you just buy some wire, any wire doesn't mm-hmm. matter what sort. Mm-hmm. Just oh, make, there's a fence out the back. I'll just grab some wire. Off yeah, that. yeah, 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 and uh, maybe strip some of the because you've got a plastic green uh, wire fence, don't you? It's got the plastic green coating on it. Yeah. Strip some of the coating off it. Oh. Plug that between your television and your phone point. Right. Uh, just directly, and that'll be fine. I wouldn't have stripped the green stuff. See? Off. I would See? have been in trouble. You need a little bit of expertise. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So, Telstra have uh, decided that they're not going to compete with themselves <laughs> and produce a completely different set of, uh, of content for their IPTV, but they are going to distribute Foxtel through IPTV. They have also uh, signed a $1.5 billion contract with Alcatel that includes the deployment of an IPTV platform within three years. So, what's the difference? Are they going to be charging you a subscription for the IPTV and then kind of just not bother telling you about the bandwidth that they're going to charge you as well? No, I'm guessing that the bandwidth would be included in the charge for, for the service. Uh, so it would just be for them. It's just another means of distributing Foxtel. And if you could have it through your cable, or you could have it through your cables. If they need that kind of speed, don't they actually need to uh, proceed with uh, the new generation ADSL network? Fibre to the node, uh, or even better, fibre to the home. Declared you, that they're not going in said, with the you others. You said that like an OG rapper. Yeah, that's what it sounds fiber like. Fibre to the node. Fibre to the node. Uh, the, or better, uh, fibre to the home. Not for six megabits. <laughs> now, he's, now he's sounding like Dave Hughes. <laughs> Fiber to the node would get you about 50 megabits per second. For six me- megabits per second, you, you're not going to need that. They could do that currently on their existing network. Uh, but they Have they, they gone ADSL too? Telstra? Yeah. Uh, not yet. But they will. It's just what about Fiber Res? But ADSL 1 won't do six What about Fiber Res the net? <laughs> uh, sorry, ADSL 2. <laughs> what? What was your question? I so one one. No, God no, six. God no. It'll do no. one point five maximum. So it's a long way off. But one point five kabillion dollars signed with the uh, with Alcatel. Yeah. So yeah, three years. Let's get back to it. Telstra shit me. Yeah, yeah, they shit. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to do with them anymore. Thank God I'm free of that millstone around my neck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, director David Nutter is going to be bringing us the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Yes. Ooh. Sarah, Chron- Sarah Connor, of course, the uh, main chick Terminator. from Terminator, 
the slightly less sensical Terminator 2, and I'm guessing the even less sensical Terminator 3. Uh, apparently, the Sarah, Chroni- Sarah Connor Chronicles are going to be slotted in the middle somewhere between Terminator 2 and Terminator 3. No, uh, no, no, no. no After think- the end of Terminator 1, where she gets in the Jeep and drives out into the desert. So, really? So, yeah, yeah. after... After I don't think so. So it's bringing up John says, Connor. Is it? After the kid says, there's a storm coming, and she says, yes, there is, and drives away. Yeah. Uh, then she drives into this series. Really? It's, oh. That's my understanding from... The, the information I have says that, it's, uh, says that it's going to be between two and three. So we'll have to wait and see on that. Which would make a lot more sense, because we don't actually know what happened to her between two and three. Yeah. And, I actually uh, don't know what happened in three. <laughs> no, neither <laughs> do I. But, uh, well, none of them really make sense after, really, the first one, because, anyway, I'm not going to go on about the space-time continuum again. <laughs> uh, but uh, David Nutter has uh, directed just about everything on TV. He uh, did early 21 Jump Street. Uh, recently has done Sopranos and has done a lot in between, including Nip Tuck, Supernatural, ER, The West Wing, Without a Trace, X-Files, a personal favourite of mine, Millennium. And he has an astounding record of having directed 12 pilots which have been picked up. Really? Amazing. And that includes uh, working with James Cameron previously on the James Cameron-produced Dark Angel. Right. So there you go. So is James Cameron co-producing... Uh, I think James Cameron's running the other way with his hands over his ears, but I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) Right. Is our old uh, screenwriting teacher who was was suing James Cameron for stealing his Terminator 2 idea, is is he involved in this? No. I don't even remember his name. No, and I don't think the the nutcase from our screenwriting course who uh, claimed that she wrote Galaxy Quest, I don't think she's going to be there either. Damn it. Damn it. Hey, uh, Channel 9's getting itself a big double injection of model talents. Uh, Talking about putting everyone in a getaway. Mm -hmm. Apparently that's where they park people that they don't (laughs) want anybody else to have. Jake Wall, after his triumph in Dancing on Ice, uh, something that I didn't bother to watch for the last two months, um, has scored himself a TV deal with Channel 9. So he's Jennifer Hawkins' partner. Oh, X now. X, yeah. Yep. So that, she's, she's on... contractually obligated to be X. Um, she, she wasn't allowed to even be in the audience for Dancing on Us. Really? Channel 7 blocked it. Well, for really? She's on the other freaking tra- tra- travel show on Channel 7. Yeah, the great outdoors. So they're, they're going to be uh, up against each other in a non-physical sense, being X's. Um uh, He's signed a 12-month contract with Nine, uh, but he is... Uh, Remaining tight-lipped on where exactly he's going to go. It hasn't been officially announced that he's going to go and get away, but it's the most obvious place for him too. Um, over the, was it last week? Uh, the Miss World Championship title, whatever thing was on. Australia sent uh, somebody who didn't actually win a competition here, but only came runner-up last year. <laughs> didn't win the Miss World either. <laughs> That's the Australian way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She's come back and there is talk that uh, she's talking to Channel 9 about a deal um, and we'll probably get put into Getaway. Her name is Sabrina Husami. And uh, don't forget as well, Lara Bingle has also been signed to 9. That, that was quite a while ago, though, wasn't it, Lara Bingle? Uh, no, that I was... have no idea who Lara Bingle is, so I don't oh, feel qualified Oh, where the to... bloody hell have you been, Brett, if you don't know? <laughs> well, you see, I don't watch advertising, so... 
She, what, um, she's famous because she's in an ad. Yeah, pretty much. Really? She was also she's a model. She's a model, and she was she was in this ad, uh, and then she was in Ice Dancers. And was she? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. Because yeah, because I thought she got signed straight after the ad. She, well, she's not in Ice Dancers. She was in Ice Dancers. No, no, I was, I was just shaking like, my head in disgust. Because <laughs> oh, okay. you're the one with the press release in, in, in front of you. She, um, uh, no, the Channel, Nine, Channel Nine just uh, announced that this week. They just announced that on Wednesday oh, okay. this week. So, uh, yeah, uh, whatever. No one cares. It's just more people who aren't really all that talented. Yeah. Uh, John Singleton's STW group is looking to get back into... Save the web. No, it's not. It's not save the web. It's just save the ST, wallaby. It's just STW. That's the, the name. Shut the what? Shut but, the but, what? But what does it stand for? I, I don't think it stands for anything. It's just the name. The name is just three letters. STW. They're all capitals. It doesn't stand for anything. Whose company is it? Do you think they left one out? Like a maybe it's meant to be stew and they left the e out. <laughs> anyway, Stowe. John Singleton. Stowe. John Singleton. Uh, Store. <laughs> He's going to be doing television that uh, is uh, based based around advertising. He's what? I oh, see. Now you're interested. Uh, he's I was just figuring Singleton he, was the S in the STW. He's about to get back into I advertising. Now you're thinking. Fuck it. What's he advertising? Nothing. <laughs> Throwing it away. Hey, uh, Grundy's and Crackerjack are both being. Ex- uh, Absorbed by the behemoth that is Fremantle Media. Mm. Wow! I I heard this. Is Crackerjack a new thing? Is Crackerjack a new thing? Uh, having, having Crackerjack been part of Fremantle Media for a while? Uh, possibly, That's, but that they had the impression I got from but reading they up today. Still have been Crackerjack, whereas now it's all becoming just Fremantle Media. Now, do we know? Does Fremantle Media have anything to do with Fremantle? Uh, I don't know. We've we've. Asked this question on box cutters before, and no one's written in to mm. hooray at boxcutters.net. If my email had actually got through to me here at the station, um, I think I actually had that information. Uh, Bertelsmann Group is part owner of Fremantle. Uh, they may once have been, but I don't think there's any Australian owner, owning interests in it. Right, yeah, because I'm days. pretty sure, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure Fremantle Media does American Idol, possibly. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. So, I think so they're, 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 they're a very big group They're pretty sizable Hey guys yeah. we've got to wrap this up One okay. each One each Oh my god uh, I have Sky News to fill business hole According to the Daily Telegraph Who just like to use the word hole wherever they can <laughs> uh, Sky News is uh, launching a new business program To fill the hole left by the demise of the Nine Networks Business Sunday now, it was very difficult for me to get the actual information out of this article to find out whether or not Sky News was going to be producing a new show, which they're calling Sunday Business, and it's going to air on Channel 9, or if it was just going to air on Sky News. Mm-hmm. I think I finally worked out that it is just going to air on Sky News, Sunday mornings, 8.30, and repeated at 11.30, mm-hmm. filling the hole that Business Sunday has left because that used to also be shown on the Sky News channel. Meanwhile, Channel 9 are just integrating Sunday and Business Sunday into one huge panel-like mess. Mm. Are they calling it panel-like mess? No, I think they're just calling it Sunday. That would be refreshing. Yeah. If they, if they called their... Maybe they could call it hair on fire. Ooh, 
I'd watch that. <laughs> I'd wake up for that. Hey, uh, local pay television stations are going to increase their amount of drama production, uh, moving away from funding films. Apparently, films they think have let them down a bit, and they're uh, they're going into a bit more funding of drama, which is. That's that is fantastic. I've uh, I've got it's some great yeah great news for the local industry. I've got some uh, quotes here uh, from uh, uh, John Edwards, who's the producer of Love My Way and was also a producer on Secret Life of Us. Mm-hmm. Foxtel has grown as a business to such an extent that it could imagine competing with the free to airs. Wow, which, which do you I, think, I think is interesting? Do you think there's a bit of the Channel Tens about Foxtel at the moment? Uh, I don't know. I, I can tell you that they're going to be... Uh, How do you mean the Channel 10s? Well, just the way that Channel 10 so spins everything that they do because it's all about their demographic, and which ignores the reality that they're not actually doing that well in the ratings. They're consistently coming third. Um, but it, it sounds so fantastic for them. Yeah. It sounds like... I get the feeling that Foxtel's kind of doing the same thing with, with releases like this type of stuff. Well, you know what, though? They're going to have six... Are they really getting that profitable? And are they really... Well, they must be. Well, it's not that they're getting that profitable. It's that they've always had money that was going to drama. But up until now, it's really gone into movies. And they're just moving that away from movies to television. So the money is still the same amount of money that it always was but they think that they can get a lot more bang for their buck by looking at television. And uh, Mr. Rose, uh, Peter Rose, who is the Showtime chief executive, said that the TV payback ratio is probably significantly better than it is on movies, although there's still no blue sky. Mm-hmm. So I think they're just looking at where, where is their money better spent. And uh, it seems yeah, to be sure. better. But, but statements like that, that they're getting ready to compete with free-to-air TV That's- is... That's from John Edwards, who's just trying to sell his series as much as he can. The crossing over, John Edwards? <laughs> no. John Edwards, the producer of Love My Way. Okay. It, so, I, thought so I, he, co- I thought I covered that earlier. So he's dead. No. No, no, he's, he's not. Well, I, I missed some of that early stuff because you made it really hard for me saying that we only had one story left. Um. So, I, so, so the story is that uh, Virgin Blue. No, that's not the one I want you to go with. Virgin Blue. I want you to go with. Andrew hang on, hang on, hang on. Virgin. Oh shit! I don't even. Yeah. Which one's he going? With? I lost that. Um, <laughs> it's great. Josh says one more news item, and I frantic. I can see Josh, uh, Brett, just frantically shuffling papers, going, "Oh crap!" No, and as I'm, a result, he stopped talking that, because it's going to fall out of my head, and I'm not going to remember. Okay, what go, I was with Virgin, do. go with Virgin Blue. Virgin Blue beams in live TV, including news items such as the the news that Ross Warnicky died of cancer over the week, um, but not 60 Minutes that Yarn Event won't won't be going back to host. <laughs> And Fiona, Fiona Horn is still having a whinge because uh, she reckons that she's being portrayed badly. Brett. It's not about the producers. Brett. It's, it's because you're a witch. Brett, hey. Brett. Yeah. That was pathetic. <laughs> and that... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. To Fiona Horn's credit, though, to Fiona Horn's credit, she, she did actually come out and say... Did she come out? <laughs> she did actually come out and say, I am on a... Uh, I'm on a reality TV show. That's what I signed up for. Yeah. That's what you I expected. expected those scumbags she, to do that. She didn't. I mean, but I love it though. She said, oh, everything I've 
said has been taken out of context. You've just fallen into Brett's trap. That's what editing is. Editing is taking things out of context. That's why we edit. Ross, you've fallen into Brett's trap. Oh, I'm quite he happy had, in Brett's trap. I was he hoping. had one, one news item. <laughs> There's TV going directly into planes from satellites. <laughs> and that is the messiest ever box cutters news. In the beginning, there was nothing, and God created everything. He made man and beast. One day, man came across a chicken, and he said, I can use this. And thus, our rating system was born. It might be convoluted, it might make no sense, but it's the only system we've got, damn it. Ratings. Better than nothing, but only just. I am not a plonker. That's what she should have said. I'm not a plonker. That's what uh, that's what uh, David Brent says. You know, in the Christmas special of uh, of The Office, he comes out and he says he was stitched up by the editing of The Office. You know, you hit one yeah. woman in the head with a football, <laughs> and, and then he, uh, at the end of that, he goes, "People are calling me a plonker. I am not a plonker." Speaking of which, uh, Microsoft's looking for a leak that uh, let some David Brent footage out that was supposed to be uh, internal employee training stuff. So oh. much of mm. that could have just gone into pork time. <laughs> pork, guys, pork time's full. <laughs> is it? <laughs> pork time's full it's to the full, brim. It's full already. And I'm guessing neither of us have got anything for ratings. <laughs> no. I, uh, I wanted to talk uh, quickly about ratings. For the first time this week, I had a look at the entire grid for one night of ratings with all the numbers. <laughs> So, now that you own Channel 10, are you actually getting the middle of <laughs> breakdowns on only, the viewerships? Only for one night a week. Because <laughs> even the owner of Channel 10 can't afford the Oztam. I think you should, I think you should disclose that, Josh. <laughs> that I own Channel 10. Yes. I was hoping to keep that secret, especially from the shareholders. Because heaven forbid <laughs> that information should get out. Uh it was interesting to see how people turn off their televisions as the night goes on. Australia-wide, between 7.30 and 8.30 at night, there are about 4 million viewers. That is the peak, mm-hmm. which is probably why it's called prime time. Mm. Strangely, it's not called peak hour. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, it, well, it's more than an hour. 7.30 to 8.30. Slightly. <laughs> but, but more than 7.30 to 8.30 is called prime time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 7.30 to 9.30 is pretty much prime time. And that's because 8.30 to 9.30... Really? Yeah. 8.30 to 9.30... Some would say 6.30, oh, 6.30 till 10.30. 3.5 million people watch between 8.30 and 9.30. Mm-hmm. So that's half a million people turning off their televisions. Or mm-hmm. one person with an Oz 10 box. <laughs> uh, that last figure might not be right. Two. And a half. <laughs> and, uh, and then it really drops down. 9.30 to 10.30, it's about 2.2 million people oh. nationwide. So that really does... That's not that surprising when you consider that absolutely nobody at all is watching after midnight. <laughs> no, they just don't take the, re- the readings then. Ah, I thought, I thought they just thought nobody's watching at all. No, 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 no. people are still watching. They just well, don't take well, any readings. Why isn't Letterman still on then? Because they don't have any numbers for it. Actually, they do take readings. I just, I, I want to know. I saw some, I saw some figures. 
they must take some readings because they have the soccer when the soccer's on in the middle of the night. Uh-huh. They had figures for that. Uh-huh. I just want to know what is happening at nine thirty that people are switching off their televisions. Oh. What time's rope start? <laughs> ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> rope starts at nine thirty. Uh, the uh, no, but some, something is happening that uh, this is across all networks. Mm-hmm. Nobody's watching. Or, you know, it really drops by about a third. Old and young people go to bed? Like, really old and really young people? Yep. And what about all the people in the middle? That's the 2.2 million that are still watching. Yep. So people actually go to bed at 9.30? Old and young people. Right, you've got a young person in your house. Yep. What time does he go to bed? 9.30 on the dot. <laughs> <laughs> on no, the dot. that's not Sleeps true. till that's 9. He usually goes to bed at 7.30. Right. And then up at 11. Then down at 12. No, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He usually sleeps through the night. Hmm. Anyway, I just thought that was interesting. That, that it, is interesting. Such a, such a huge drop at that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, does, does it continue to drop as the night goes on? Yeah, significantly. Uh, right up until midnight. It pretty much drops almost exponentially until midnight. So, so what sort of... Watching. So about 10.30 to 11.30 in what is traditionally Sopranos, West Wing, Six Feet Under type time slot. How, is, is it... What kind of figures would you need to justify a time in that? For instance, Brett last week was talking about um, non-celebrity island people and how that Super got dumped after a week. The dead zone. The dead zone got and dumped Frasier's after a back week. Again this and week. then Fraser's back. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll have, I'll have those numbers for you next week. Yeah, but, I just, I'm just wondering what, what we, would be considered reasonable. If we think back to uh, our first, the first time we had Marie Cardi in mm-hmm. in the studio, and we were talking about Last Man Standing, and that was on at a 10:30 time slot. And Channel 7 was saying, well, it's not getting a million viewers, so we're not going to do it. Mm. But the thing is, a million viewers, is that's 50% of the audience. Yeah. Nothing rates a 50. No. So I really don't know why, why they thought that that was going to be possible. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it's strange. They it's, didn't want it to start off with and they just wanted to get rid of it when they could. Yeah. They I didn't, figure. They didn't know what they yeah, were going to do. It was on the shelf for a long time. So th- yeah, that was my little note about ratings. Hmm. Just before we start with the Emmys thing, because heaven forbid we should start a segment on the topic. No, no, no. This is this is on the topic, right? But I just, I just wanted to, uh, I just wanted to say, I know the red carpet is very popular, and I know that the probably these days the red carpet is possibly more popular than the actual show itself. And I know that Channel 10 couldn't start their telecast at 7.30 because they had to show Idol. But don't say you're starting the Emmys at 8.30 if you're not actually starting them until 25 past 9. The red carpet is the red carpet. It's not the Emmys. Really? Mm -hmm. That's what they did? Yep. Well, Idol finished at 8.40 and then just so that you couldn't actually guess when the show was going to start... You know, in case you thought maybe it would be an hour of red carpet or half an hour, they did 45 minutes of red carpet. And then at 25 past nine. So I'm guessing that a lot of people would have turned off and thought, oh, this is going to be an hour long, came back in an hour and would have missed arguably the best part, which was the opening. The plane crashing. Which I missed. Which you missed. I missed. Because of the red carpet? Because uh, John Stewart was on at the same time. Ah, right. Well, that's, that's fair enough. <laughs> uh yeah, so that's that's just my beef about the. So, uh, so what was what was the opening? Why was it so good? It was uh, it was very much along the Billy Crystal Oscars line of 
parodying. You know how he often I got to get there ed- edits himself into uh, yep. into the films. This was basically Conan O'Brien trying to get to the Emmys and being involved in a whole lot of different TV shows. So he uh, he was in a plane crash, a very unfortunately timed plane crash, uh, and he landed on the beach in Lost yep. and had some interaction with Hurley uh, and asked Hurley to come to the Emmys with him and Hurley said that he couldn't because Lost hadn't been invited this year, <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. And then he went in the hatch and he came out in the office, the office from the office, Yep, which was, again, which was very funny. And then there was a bit with 24 and a bit... Oh, South Park. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. So that was, uh, it was, it was a very funny opening, I thought. And so what, what did we think about the Emmys in, in total? There was a, an interesting thing this year where they didn't give out all of the awards on the night. Sometimes they, I, I saw with one uh, award, they announced the winners of the award mm. and then got those winners to, and it was uh, Cloris Leachman and that guy, his name I always forget, but he's basically been in everything forever mm-hmm. uh, two excellent old uh, comedic actors who, who are both brilliant yes uh, one best they supporting win best old fart they won best supporting comedic actor in a supporting role on the Emmys and we had that animated uh, result last week yes Simpsons uh, yes. so I, I found that yeah. quite interesting so what were they announcing who cares uh, it, well, it, they were announcing most of the big ones and a lot of the like the made-for-TV movie ones or miniseries ones and a lot of that. So, so it, it was kind of boring. Uh, it, it was better than most most Emmys, I'd say, and it was actually quite funny. But by the time it was hitting, you know, eleven o'clock, and some of us had sat through forty-five minutes of red carpet plus an hour and a half of Emmys, and they weren't up to the proper ones yet. It was kind of just dragging out. A little bit. I don't think the uh, six-hour tribute to Aaron Spelling really helped. Oh no! I mean, that was just. Awful. I didn't actually see any of the show. So, oh, didn't you? No. Oh well, they had they had this prolonged tribute to Aaron Spelling. Although, how bad? How bad did uh, Kate... all of his shows look? Yeah, no, no, they no. look shit house. <laughs> he ha- the, never has one man made so much crap. The Charlies. The Charlies. Are Kate uh, f- Jackson. I, yes. Farrah Fawcett. No, Kate Jackson. Kate Jackson. Who was also in the Scarecrow and Mrs. King? Yes, now looks a lot like a real Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> she was always my favourite, though. Really? Yeah. Oh no! I wanted to get it on with her. No, no not for me. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, that that was that was terrible and and unnecessary. Although mm. to see how bad Kate Jackson looked and how excellent Joan Collins looked, that was the fact that Kate Jackson has had. Probably less plastic surgery than Joan Collins, uh, and is a good twenty-five years younger, but still looks fifty years older. <laughs> I found it quite amazing. I was lucky enough to turn it on to see Cloris Leachman be excellent, mm-hmm. uh, to see uh, uh, one really uh, funny bit with uh, Hugh Laurie, yes, uh, and uh, then to see In Memoriam, which is my favourite bit of any awards show. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love I loved to see... Oh, Could you know, forget who died over Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that it, person died. I didn't know that person died. It, it's, it's such an applause-a-meter. I, I, the thing I think is, you know, they're kind of like, oh, this person died, soft clap. Oh, somebody we've heard of, loud clap. And I like it with TV how, uh, you know, if, if it's like the creator and they think if we just say his name or her name, nobody will know who we're talking about. So they'll show have like the theme 
music to the show they created. So I'm watching him going, oh, Hill Street Blues died. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I, see, I, Who I, from I, Hill Street Blues died? I don't know. The creator uh, or something. Writer, I, don't know. One of the, I think one of, the, one of the writers or a yeah. you know, series producer or something like that. Uh, the, uh, see, can't even remember. What I love about the clapper meter mm. is that... I think it's it a clapometer, isn't it? It uh, <laughs> No, not... Not where I put the hyphens. Uh, <laughs> see, I've got hyphens in it, so it's clap-o-meter. Ah, perfect. Uh, what, and what, what I love about that is the, uh, the, the fact that in death, it seems like the only thing that matters is ongoing popularity. Yes. <laughs> I will take that to the grave. <laughs> it, it wasn't just for the in-memoriam, no, this time. That seemed to happen with a lot of the awards that were announced when they were announcing the nominees, there was quite a level, quite a noticeable level of loud clap, soft clap. For example, when they did the uh, the comedy, you know, who should win most of the comedies such as Curb, Scrubs, Arrested, got huge claps. Mm. Two and a half men got announced and, you know, almost you could hear the crickets. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good, it's good that you can hear the crickets in the country where you're setting up your tent pole. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's worth talking about the results because, you know, it's all just a matter of taste. And uh, that, oh, having been, do that. that having been said, how that squeaky-voiced Will and Grace idiot won for Best Supporting Actress. She's fantastic. Are you kidding? She is fantastic and... A little no bit way. hot. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're kidding I, me. No. She's no, neither she's, hot nor fantastic. She's the best thing in that show. Yeah, but... <laughs> so? She's she's great. I don't think that Will and Grace should have been nominated for anything at all. Yes. Uh, but uh, as far as her I was, talent I was goes, very disappointed that Jamie Presley didn't win for Joy. Yeah. I thought Joy's a fantastic character. Uh, uh, but at least Earl did win for, uh, for best uh, sitcom... Pilot or something. Outstanding writing for a comedy series. Yeah, yeah, and directing said, for a comedy it, series. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if uh, if the Emmys have any effect over here. Uh, of course, Julia Louis Dreyfus won for Best Actress in the comedy, which is interesting because I think she kind of won by default because everybody else in her category, the show's been axed. Oh, really? Yeah. So she was the only one who, uh, yeah, she's the only one left. So I guess that's why she won. She made a complete fool of herself. But it'll be interesting to see whether that has any effect on Christine, whether they show any more of the new adventures of old Christine. Uh, similarly with The well, Office. Well, haven't they just axed it? They've just axed it here. Yeah. Were you so, here for the news? Yeah. yeah. So, so they're not going to. Yeah, but they haven't axed it as in they haven't come out and signed an affidavit saying that we're never going to show it again. Did Steve Carell win for The Office? Steve Carell didn't win for The Office, but The Office won Best Writing. Outstanding Comedy Series. And uh, and Outstanding Comedy Series. Which, again, that'll be interesting to see if Channel 10 move it from uh, 11 or so on a Sunday night into a better position. Yeah. Seeing they showed two episodes of it last June and decided it wasn't going to work and that was it. And the Colbert Report lost in light entertainment to Barry Manilow. Oh, the songs I've written. How the freak are they up against each other in the same category? And it's light entertainment. It really could be anything. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, but The Daily Show took out a couple of things. Um, outstanding variety comedy series the, the and Emmys, uh, writing for. The Emmys is also weird too, I think, with the fact that you know they do like the director and stuff and they always cut to the guy. The guy who always wins is the guy who's done the Oscars. 
but he's also directing this at the same time. So they cut to the uh, van out the back and he's calling the shots. It's always a bit of a weird... Yeah. Uh, and um, it's as if he doesn't know. Yeah. Some notables I just wanted to go through. Blythe Danner for Huff, uh, Ellen Alder for the West Wing, uh, which I think ties West Wing with Hill Street Blues for the most Emmys for a series ever. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Piven for Entourage. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. yeah. Yep, he deserves it. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the Box Cutters. Coming up in Box Cutters, these segments. Box Cutters. It's strange. Things you may have missed because you, uh, you know... It's weren't ready for what was coming up. Strange times in television at the moment, I would say. There are lots of repetitive garbage program shows on. Most shows that are on at the moment seem to either be reality or have the word celeb stuck in front of them. And uh, I'd say particularly our local networks are uh, in a bit of trouble, which is quite interesting given that paradoxically i think we're going through a golden age of television in a lot of other ways i think the hbo led revolution has led to quite a bit of quality television that rivals or in most cases is better than anything we've seen in the cinema for quite a few years uh and here 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 in my opinion, there are probably four great dramas in the past few years. Now, individually, they're probably as good as or perhaps better than anything we've seen on TV before. But together, I think that they make a high watermark in television. And these four dramas Pray are... Tell, wise Ross. The perennial favourite, The Sopranos. Yes. Which I think... Although this series probably wasn't as good as previous series, that's just holding it up to its own very lofty standards, and I still think The Sopranos is outstanding. The Complex Mysteries of Lost, Mm -hmm. which we've banged on about this show enough, but I think is brilliant. The Near Impenetrable Beauty of Deadwood, yes, which I think was the first things you may have missed that we did way back somewhere. And the fourth drama that I would put in that category, Carnivale. Right. Carnivale was screened on the ABC last year and the year before that. It's originally an HBO drama, and it's set in the Depression era of the United States. And there's two basic stories in Carnivale. Uh, A travelling carnival come across a chain gang escapee, Ben Hawkins, with strange healing powers which he doesn't understand and he's not quite sure whether they're a curse or a blessing. And in the other main story, Brother Justin struggles to build the ministry that, uh, that God has called him to make. And these two characters, don't Ben and Brother Justin, don't actually meet each other at all, but they're in shared visions that both of them have. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So they know each other just, yeah, just through... Uh, just through their vision. That's probably enough of the narrative, I think, to, to explain for Carnivale because to say any more would give away, uh, give away too much of the plot, I think. It's, uh, yeah, it, but rest assured that it's a fantastic story of good versus evil and free will versus fate. Now, it stars the man from another place. 
It does start. Well, well, I was just going to say that uh, lots of people consider it Lynchian, which uh, as a, as a uh, as a big Lynch fan, I don't consider it Lynchian myself, but I can see why others do. I think there's two main reasons for that. One is that it's very mystical and it's got atmosphere to burn. Uh, it's very much otherworldly, which I think people associate and and dreamlike and dreamlike. Now it seems you're not actually going to going to do the reveal on that. Who is the man from the other place? The, the man from another place was in in Twin Peaks. That's the other reason why it's Lynchian, because uh, so the he, midget. The yes, <laughs> yes, he was he was the his man. character's name was the man from another place, but everybody knows him as the dancing midget. <laughs> yeah, everyone knows him as as the dancing midget from the room with the red curtains. Yep. Yeah. Which was, you know, between the White Lodge and the Black Lodge, but nobody really knew that. I think his name's Michael Anderson. Yes. Michael J. Anderson. So, uh, yeah. That's a long name for a little person. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think uh, Carnivale's got... Uh, it's, it's a fantastic story. It's got uh, great characters. Uh, it's, it's tremendously well-written. When it's funny, it's laugh-out-loud funny, I think, and uh, oftentimes it's, it's incredibly scary, and it's got an absolutely amazing look and soundscape to it. Is this it available is on DVD here? It is available on DVD here, at least part one is at the moment. I think uh, Series 2 is coming out in October. Surely oh, that would have come out through all good ABC shops and centres just after they finished showing it, wouldn't it? No, I don't think I don't think Series 2 is out here. Really? It hasn't even been released in the US yet. You Series know the tragedy two. about Carnivale? The f- well, you tell me, but I, I know a tragedy about Carnivale. They had two series and didn't get renewed and yes. they didn't know that when they were making Series 2 oh, and they so didn't wind end. up anything. No. Which is, which it, is it, it does kind of wind things up, but not. I think there's I think more. There's of, more left open. I think that's kind of a, a tragedy and not because we've seen in well, for instance, in two seasons of Arrested Development, where uh, they have had to rush things to their conclusion, mm-hmm. and you can just tell by watching it that that they're rushed. There's there's not the same uh, amount of time taken. But you always felt through Carnivale that it was building to some that's right massive and, climax and. He, he originally had three, what he was calling three books in mind, which was, and each two series would make up one book. So he essentially oh, so just got, series. he essentially just got the first book completed. And I think the second book was going to be set 10 years later. Who is he? Who's, who's created uh, it? Daniel Knuff, his name is. I'm not sure how you say that last name. K-N-A-U-F. How would you say that? Uh, Knuff. 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 And what else has he done? Uh, he's done apparently, according to the uh, according to the Carnivale HBO website, he's done a lot of really weird, written a whole lot of really weird pilots, which are too strange to get picked up. Right. Mm. But he has he has worked on a couple of things. I think he, uh, I think he worked on Supernatural as well. But yeah, just just a few other things, but nothing, nothing. Kind I've of only dis- I've only had the pleasure of seeing uh, you know like only twenty minutes of the first episode of Carnivale. And it made me want to watch it more, but it also made me want to watch it all in one go. So now that I yes. know that it's out on DVD, yes, ching um, off to JB Hyphen. Well, that's what I was going to say. With I guess this is this is the case with all four of those dramas that I mentioned. But I would suggest if you haven't seen it, buy it. If you don't buy it, hire it. If you don't hire it, download it because uh, not everybody's going to like everything. You might not like it, but if you haven't at least dipped your toe in and tried all of these dramas, you're really, you're really missing out 
don't um, kind of say, oh, you know, I don't like islands or I don't like westerns or I don't like depression-based things. Uh, I just think that uh, there is these television dramas are just such fantastic quality. It, it's really worth checking them out. Yeah, and if I don't like it, I'm just going to wrap it up and give it to someone as a gift. A quick programming update from Brett Cropley. No, as I said uh, earlier in the program, I was going to just create five minutes out of nowhere. So, uh, okay, so then uh, let's, to... let's go into the next section. <laughs> the programming update is that he said it in news. Oh, okay. Box cutters. Deidre would say that that last segment was completely unnecessary. She may indeed. She may indeed. Unless she's an avid listener. I'm sure I'll hear about it in the coming days. I uh, can't believe you let Josh get away with so much <laughs> crap on the show. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you guys fans of House? I've watched it. You've watched it? Would you, are you watching I it like regularly? It. Are you watching yep. it every week? Now, are you watching it from Channel 10 or are you downloading it? 10. Right. Deirdre, I don't it, think I would download it. No, oh, I've, that's interesting. I've watched it on Channel 10. Deirdre is a huge fan. She yep. really likes it. She likes all the medical dramas, but she is a particular fan of House. However, she's losing interest in it simply because of the way Channel 10 is screening it. They're chucking in repeats and new episodes all over the place? Yep. Oh, see, Just I haven't... constantly repeating it. It seems to almost be week on, week off. See, I haven't noticed that because I only watch it every now and then. And yes. I was a late adopter, so the okay. early ones I haven't seen before. Okay, but, but the storylines do. But she says this, around. yeah, because mostly it's mostly it's self-contained stories, but there are some longer arcs that run through the series. Yeah. So uh, she was saying that uh, she was saying it's really frustrating her, and it's almost to the point where she's about to give it up. Really? Yeah. Has she has she voiced that complaint to Channel Ten? No. She's voiced it to me. Well, she and, and she told me she voiced it to me, and she told me to mention it on box cutters. Right. Is and that then because when I, said, I own Channel 10? <laughs> <laughs> and when I said I mentioned it on Box Cutters, she got quite excited that she'd have her own segment. So I've got a whole list of other things here that she asked me to mention. <laughs> she asked me to mention about Grey's Anatomy that, you know how you were talking about the, uh, the girl who's actually a boy that happened on House and also happened on All Saints? Yes. It also happened around the same time on Grey's Anatomy. Right. There you go. Maybe it was a news story and they all, they all got it out of the news. There was a documentary a couple of years ago about it. Oh, okay. Uh, or about various people that, that had had the decision of, of which gender they were going yep. to go with. Yeah, taken no, no, out no, of but hands. a couple of years ago, it's too much of a coincidence. That all three have done it. Yeah, if the there was time. a documentary a couple of years ago, that's too much of a coincidence. She also asked me too to, much. to mention Meerkat Manor. She watched Meerkat Manor on, uh, on Sunday night, which, uh, which she very much enjoyed. But apparently, towards the end, one of the meerkats got bitten by a snake. And she found was, it, she found it quite distressing, and it was a it was like a cliffhanger ending. You don't know whether Shakespeare, this meerkat, has actually died or not. And she said she found it quite distressing, so she's a bit worried about younger viewers. Was the snake given that it's on six thirty at night on a plane? No, the snake wasn't on a plane. It was, it was in a manor. Right. It was in meerkat manor. Uh, and I, she also wanted to say that uh, for those who like their neighbours, they're repeating it on at eleven thirty in the morning, oh. the night before's episodes. Oh, really? Like they used to Never do... Never see Channel 10. Like they so. used to do with Breakers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They used to have the uh, same episode of Breakers on within 24 hours. Yeah. So, so they're repeating it on... Uh, 
the next day. Have Channel 10 thought about uh, creating an omnibus edition and showing the entire week's episodes on the Sunday afternoon like they did with EastEnders in the UK? Have you thought of that, Josh? Uh, I'll bring it up at the next board meeting because <laughs> that that's the best I can offer. Hmm. I don't actually own Channel 10. I don't know how this rumour got started. I don't own Channel 10. But you do. I have, you do I have an interest in its shares, yes. And No, I don't. You, you do love you do love All Saints as well. I, I, I'm quite fond of All Saints. I still watch it. You know what? It's uh, in recent weeks they've had a few uh, a, a few actors leave. John Waters was in it for a while, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's left. His replacement is sexier, but she's not as interesting a character. And uh, and uh, Doctor Vince uh, has been away for for quite some time, and his replacement's just. It's like she doesn't even rehearse her lines. They've got a new nursing unit man- manager who is just like, they have to write lines for her because she keeps turning up, I think. <laughs> uh, so All Saints is, you know, as, as always, it's still good Australian drama and it's still going. You know, it's one of two. But that's a, that's a bit of conflict for you, surely. If oh, you own Channel 10 and you're watching Channel 7 drama. Dude, we're going to buy it. Oh, really? <laughs> well, you know. Wow, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, we buy everything else from Channel 7. <laughs> I don't own Channel 10. It's a lie. Everything I say about me owning Channel 10 is entirely made up. Hey, that was a good segment. Uh, maybe next week uh, we can choose another listener to uh, focus on what they yeah, say. I think, I yeah. think that's a good maybe idea. Maybe we could have a Kerry says or a... Yeah. Daniel says. Maybe. Or Chad a, says. A so. Rob Boxcutter says. Yeah, maybe. You know, uh, Rob Boxcutter, I was going to save this for pork, but what the hell, I'll bring it up now. Rob Boxcutter was for a while quite happy with Robbo and has gone to Rob Boxcutter. Yes. And we got an email from somebody else during the week saying, whatever you do, don't call me the abbreviation. People are running from it, Brebo. I think you're just the only Brebo. one left. Brebo. You're, you're the only one left. Jabba, Everybody Jabba. else is saying, a pencil in your eye. Yeah, you're, sta- you're standing there shouting, come back, come back. Meanwhile, pencil sticking <laughs> one out day of your eye. you'll see the genius. Speaking of Rob Boxcutter, he writes to Josh and Ross. Brett has twice now sneaked in references to Anatomy for Beginners and the fedora-topped smiling dissectionist Gunther von Hagen's into recent podcasts. It's obvious he wants to read out my letter to Boxcutters on the subject. Let the man speak. Ross, what have you got? Hey guys, just noticed Celebrity Survivor starts tonight. Obviously, we're a bit behind with this letter. Geez, they're scraping the bottom of the barrel. It says, 11 celebrities, 25 days, deprived of basic comforts and with their fate at the mercy of their follow celebs. Doesn't even look to me like any of them are real celebrity. Uh, obviously, they couldn't, they couldn't make it for the full 40 days. And I don't <laughs> think anybody should be forced to spend 25 days on an island with that creep, David Oldfield. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. Brett? Oh, that was from Terry. Terry Boxcutter. From Nobo. Oh, wait a minute. No. And it's not Nobo. It's Nigel. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago on Hotline, they had someone who rang up asking, what's Hotline? 
Hotline is the uh, SBS back chat. Back chat. Ah, okay. Uh, rang up asking why celebrity in a well-priced car, reasonably priced car, uh, is left out of Top Gear now. They started the version they have is the international version. I actually mentioned this last week. Yeah, you did. But he says he saw it on Hotline. Okay. So they've acknowledged and it then, on air. And, and then goes on to say... Uh, which parts of it are edited out, and there is nothing they could do about it. Oh, come on, where is BitTorrent when SBS needs it? See, what he's suggesting there, see, it doesn't help with the way you read it, because <laughs> with, the, with the downward tone that you... Uh, that you've, it, it, was, it, it was supposed Can to be... Can I just say I'm exhausted? It was that's why I'm sounding a little bit flat. Come on, where's BitTorrent when SBS needs it? I could, just, how- I could just curl, curl up in the corner and, and have a big snooze right now. I, I wasn't aware that you were judging the reading of the letters, too. I would have read... Terry box cutters let it a lot better. Just pick it up. Okay. Hi, guys. Love the podcast, <laughs> even though I don't watch much telly. I've attached a picture of me in my work gear. Keep it up, <laughs> Dr. Glenbow. <laughs> and Dr. Dr. Glenbow has attached a picture. And is, has that gone up on the site yet, Brett? Uh, have you put it up? Do, I haven't, I haven't, put, I haven't it up. put it up. No. So we, we will put that up uh, on our family album. Along with uh, Naomi Robson swearing. That yes. won't be on our family yes. album, but that will be on the website. Yes, and uh, and he's uh, he and did I mention the 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 Ricky Gervais thing before? Yeah, you meant you mentioned it in somewhere in your jumbled news that they're looking for the the um, leak. But I have them. I have one and two. You're the leak. Hey, Chad <laughs> has written back. Oh yeah, long time, Chad. <laughs> Thanks for writing. Friend of mine went on the master. He won about $1,200 or something, but he doesn't get paid unless the show gets aired. The good news for him is that Seven is apparently burning off the eps at a late night slot. The bad news is Seven is apparently burning off the eps at a late night slot. Ah. Thanks, Chad. Yeah. That, that, that is a common thing, though. If you're, uh, if you're on and you win and they don't go to and air And it doesn't go to air, reason, you don't get you the don't money. Get your prizes. No, that's right. It's part of the contract. Mm. Uh, from Gabby. Just finished listening to the cast. I haven't written in a few weeks. My computer grew old and died on me. But I've been spreading the word. My mum and my best friend are hooked. Seriously, we now chat about it once the show is over. I love that. I love that as I an idea. I, I, I love the idea. I think, I think we should start this as a regular... Every listener has to get their mum and their best friend listening. <laughs> That's probably a bit too literal. All <laughs> oh, right, sorry. But I think I think listeners of box cutters should get together after they listen to the show and talk about how crap we were. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be words with Deirdre <laughs> after this show. However, strangely, I, I, I did happen upon a regular listener uh, on Sunday at uh, a function. Yes, and we had a good old chat, and it's quite peculiar. Actually, doing this show and then out in the real world, coming across somebody who knows what you've said here, yes, and talking about it. Yeah. I, I have a very similar. I have a very similar problem. I was uh, I was with a group of friends who tend to listen at work. Hello to all the ACR boys out there, and uh, yeah, I was at I was at a party with them, and, and I told I didn't the joke. That you worked at Australian Communist Radio. <laughs> no, no, I said ACER. Australian oh. Communist Educational Radio. <laughs> right. uh, and uh, yeah, I was at a party with them and, and I made a bit of a joke, which I thought was pretty funny. And they just all looked at me with blank faces and said, yeah, you said that on Box Cutters. You've really got to come up with some new material. <laughs> <laughs> 
Lastly, Joel wrote in to say that the musical concept has been used in Scrubs before. We oh, uh, we mentioned yep, this last yep. week. Uh, I remember that in the second or third series, they did an episode with the difference between surgical and medical residents being explained in terms of a West Side Story type musical. Oh, okay. So that's interesting. And also on the uh, blog this week, we had uh, someone write in a chastising note saying that uh, I mentioned last week on the show that the longest running science fiction uh, series was uh, SG-1. It caused them to cry out on the tram. It did, because it is, oh, in fact, funny. Doctor Who. How could I have been so mistaken? I'm, I, I'm sorry for that misinformation. I apologise. Uh, and, Brett, yes, you did say that in your copy, it said that... Uh, the quote was that it was the longest running ever show... On US television. Uh, on US television, obviously, my sources didn't have that, and I just chose not to check my sources. And you know, that same listener has just jumped up on the bus and gone, Damn straight! <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about! <laughs> Bring it! And that's latest to Box Cutters. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the Box Cutters in mind. Box Cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. I'm so hungry. As well as being tired. So much pork to get through. 30 seconds of pork. Let's go. 30 seconds of pork. Well, I I, I bags the whole lot then. All right, go. (laughs) Hey, uh, I wanted you guys to uh, to list... Your top dramas. You you would have to list your top three out of the out of the four that I mentioned before because you haven't seen Carnivale, obviously, Josh. Yes. But Brett, what would what would your top four be? How would you how would you rate them? You can't spring this on me now in my current Josh. How state. would you how would you rate them? Uh, what were they? Twin Peaks. No, no, no. The ones I mentioned. Oh, the, the ones that you Carnivale, the ones I Deadwood, Lost, and Sopranos. Okay, I would I would go really is Sopran- that is that how you do it? I'd go Sopranos, Deadwood, Lost. Okay, uh, it's very hard to pick to split them. I reckon, but I would say I didn't actually answer Tw- Twin Peaks. <laughs> would you say they're the four best? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would Sopranos, say- Lost, Deadwood, Carnivale. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I would uh, yeah, I would say Sopranos first, then Lost, and then. Deadwood and Carnivale probably equal third, but it's it's very close between them. And Prison Break's a lot of fun too. I wouldn't put it up there as one of the top dramas, but it is lots of fun to watch. But those they would be I, I that still, would be my order. I still and it's it's just an instant reaction, but anytime anybody says top drama, I just go Twin Peaks. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, to me it's still in my mind, I'm still what, it's thirteen, fourteen years later. Mm-hmm. And uh, 16, more, yeah. it's 16 years later and I'm still thinking about it. I'm yep. so, I mean, and mm-hmm. obviously, uh, well, not obviously to, to the listeners, but Ross, you would know that I've probably watched Twin Peaks more than most people have yes. in, in their lifetimes. And, uh, but probably about the same. Probably about the same as, as you, yes. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and I'm always thinking about the storylines and, and how they built it and how they developed it. And what a fantastic end it had. Yeah, just genius. Yeah. Genius show. A uh, one of the uh, scared, weird little guys was on Spicks and Specs on Wednesday. Rusty, yes, they're regular visitors on Spicks and Specs. Yeah, I do, well, I just thought this was kind of interesting because there's they've been copying quite a lot of they've flack on, in the media you know, of uh, 
Yeah, of... Uh, oh, over Speaks and Specs, which is on Channel 7. Actually, I was speaking to Rusty last week, and he said that uh, he'd sent in a letter to the Green Guard in reply to last week's letter in the Green Guard. I haven't no, no, no. had a chance to look at the letters. Last, two weeks ago, and last, last week's week, he was in. Yeah. He's not in this week. Oh, Rusty's it? letter was in last week, saying... There's lots of people who've been claiming that the game, one of the games they play on, you may be right, is a direct rip-off of, uh, of one of the games they play on, Spicks and Specs. And Rusty wrote in and said, well, we've actually been doing this particular game on tour for the last 10 years or something. So it's not actually stolen from Spicks and Specs. Fernando to the tune of uh, Rawhide. Yep. Yep. And uh, and essentially finishing it off saying there is nothing new. Yeah. But it was interesting. Gilligan's Island to the theme of Stairway to Heaven. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting to have him on Spicks and Specs, but nothing was mentioned of... You may be right. Yeah, well, of course not. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, we, we did mention it briefly in, in the news, but I think we should, uh, and we've also mentioned it on the blog, but this week we lost uh, one of television's uh, great uh, commenters. Commenters? Commentators. Mm-hmm. commentators. Uh, Ross Wynicki passed away last Saturday, mm-hmm. and uh, he'll be missed by, by us. I, I think, uh, I know that I, I myself in, in my career as a television critic I've been quite influenced by him mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I think uh, you know I, I still read th- this week I was reading things uh, in the Grand Garden going oh, if Ross had been there he wouldn't have written that yep so mm. yeah he'll be missed yeah very much hey I just want to mention quickly too I know it's probably uh, it's probably too quick for most most people but Friday the 1st which hopefully you will have listened to this podcast by, which I'm guessing most people won't. But That's there's a, there's a uh, fantastic film on. It's called Reconstruction, and it's a Danish film. It's on, uh, f- yeah, it's on SBS around about 10, 11 o'clock time slot. Low In budget, absolutely. PM. Low budget, absolutely fantastic film. After the sex slot. Maybe. Yeah, uh, erotic tales. I don't know if erotic tales is on this week. Anyway, it's a fantastic uh, film. If you get the chance, give it a watch. All right, and that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode fifty. Next week, nobody said a- like half a century or anything. It's I it's been t- such a non-fanfare kind of episode. Forty nine was bigger. That's because <laughs> next week, fifty one. What's fifty one? Our we're going to be one year old. Next week is our first birthday. I was going to say once. It's our first birthday. <laughs> so we'll be celebrating the 50 shows and the one year. So 50 At months. the same time. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's, that's going to be next week. Speaking uh, of which, there's more uh, 50th TV anniversary stuff. I don't care about that. We've had 50 shows. Next year, next year, next week, we'll be one year old. I think that's a big thing. We didn't think it was going to last six weeks. So, uh, yeah, stay, stay tuned for that. Who did it? Me, Ross, we just didn't want to tell you. and uh, <laughs> we, we just thought we'd have you kicked out by now, Brett. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought one week would just turn up so late that... <laughs> I mean, look at the start of this show. Josh tried to take over the panelling. Yeah, he that's... did, but that was extenuating circumstances because the email hadn't gone through. Thank you very much, to 3 You know, most, most people can just think things. They don't have to email it to themselves. Whose studios we use <laughs> for recording this podcast... <laughs> My name is... Just wait, wait, wait. Have you emailed yourself your outro so you know what you're saying? <laughs> the email didn't work. <laughs> oh, no, he's going to be completely hang on, lost. Hang on, give me a minute. <laughs> My name is Josh Canal. Ross McQueen. 
I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thank you for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, (laughs) let's be careful out there.